and welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And here we are celebrating the fourth anniversary of NSTA, The Bus Stop. And as part of our celebration, we're pleased to have the new NSTA president, Dan Kobison of Kobison Buses. So, Dan, welcome back to NSTA, The Bus Stop. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Four years. Wow. That's a lot of long time. A lot of podcasts over uh, over those four years. A lot of interesting guests, too. So um, before we dive into the NSTA presidency, um, let's just take a moment to talk about um, Cobus and Buses, because I always find these stories really fascinating. So can you just briefly tell us you know, how the company started and how it evolved over the years? Sure, sure. Uh, it's third generation. We're uh, celebrating 86 years this year. Um, it started, my grandfather uh, was a farmer, and he started into the milk truck business to get his milk to town, and um, eventually started stopping at other farmers' houses and asking them how, you know, the crops are doing or how things are going. Uh, he did like to talk a lot, so he, he liked to uh, engage with, with everybody, you know, at the at the farmer level, and uh, suddenly he started taking, you know, other farmers asked him to take their kids and his own kids into town uh, to go to school. So eventually evolved into uh, um, him purchasing a school bus, and from there uh, continued uh, new buses every year, grew and grew and grew the business, um, and then finally, uh, three generations later, here I am. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. Now, I'm sure, you know, within that time period, especially the time period you've been involved with, you know, the uh, COVID and buses, there's been, you know, interesting, you know, stories. Do you, do you have one that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, there is one. Um, it's an interesting story. I, yeah, my mom doesn't like me telling it because of, uh, well, I'll <laughs> tell the story. Uh, in the early 60s, uh, my parents had kind of outgrown the the home office, uh, the original office was in our, in our, in the house. Um, so they built a new office right next door to the house. Um, so it wasn't too far away. There was still, you know, the, the, all the office equipment was still in the house and in the office. Um, and I don't know if anybody remembers the old two-way radios, the old, uh, Motorola base stations had an intercom system built into them. Um, and my mom actually used, uh, the intercom system as a baby monitor. Uh, so when I, you know, I was just a youngster, uh, an infant actually, and uh, when I woke up and was hungry or whatever, if I made any noises whatsoever, she heard it over the, the two-way radio system. So she knew what was going on. She'd come and get me or do whatever I needed to be done. Um, so she used the, the two-way radio system from the buses to, as, a, as a baby monitor. Um, now, if she would have patented that or developed that baby monitor into a, you know, to some sort of business plan. I might not be sitting here. I might be, you know, have a whole different life. Right. But uh, fortunately, she stayed in the bus business, and uh, we here we are today. Now, uh, it, it begs this follow-up question. So were you on your own unique channel, or was it going over to the uh, regular driver pool, too, as well? Well, as I'm, like I said, it was an intercom between the boxes. It really wasn't oh, okay. on the radio system, so it was. To your point, yeah, I, I don't know if the other drivers would have cared to hear all that, but uh, <laughs> an intercom, just an intercom between the boxes. Okay, all good. All good. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Now, let's uh, pivot for a second to the, um, you know, the NSDA presidency. 
And, you know, many of our listeners may not know officers serve in varied roles before the run up to presidency. So your VP secretary, president elect before becoming president uh, and you serve as part of an executive team for a few few years, uh, four years um, in actuality. So can you tell the listeners how serving in these various roles really do prepare you for taking over as president? Well, first off, let me just say that I'm honored and, you know, uh, just overwhelmed by the the board uh, putting me in this position uh, and my and my family allowing me to uh, be able to do this. Um, but, yeah, the, all those positions uh, before the presidency, you definitely get to learn the ins and outs of how the, the association operates. Um, it, it gives you the continuity of presidency. Uh, I think it really uh, helps. Uh, everybody in these situations, just because of the fact that all of us have day jobs, uh, other than, you know, just this, uh, just the association. So we can draw upon each other. Um, so, you know, if I need help, I can draw upon Patrick as, you know, the president elect or even Karina as a uh, past president for, uh, assistance. So from that perspective, it's awesome. Um, another thing it does for you is it gives you, you know, the, the knowledge of the, you know, the meetings with EPA and, you know, other government. Uh, other government agencies. Uh, so you really are in, engulfed in, you know, what's going on in the industry even before you take over the presidency. So I think it's really, uh, sets you up to succeed. It is really a, a, a great, uh, system that we have. It, it's, it's different than any other, uh, um, association I've ever been part of. It's, it's, it really does prepare you for what's, what's going forward. That's great. And and also, as you know, part of your apprenticeship, you served a long time as chair of manufacturers, suppliers and technology committee. And that committee has really been so active in providing platforms for our vendor members and OEMs to showcase, you know, um, their support for student transportation and NSTA. How did you view your time leading that committee? Well, um you know, it's interesting. Everybody always says school buses are kind of, let's say, antiquated or, you know, they're just, they're always there. They're not, you know, nothing ever changes kind of thing. But boy, if I look back on my time on MSC, when I started there, it was um, just the manufacturers and just talking about what the next diesel emission controls were going to be. And it was every year there was a new set of emissions that were going to take place and how much, you know, was this going to affect us. And, you know, at that time, it seemed, it seemed huge that they were, you know, these changes were being made, but but now I look at it and go, well, those were simple compared to the movement to electric electrification. Um, and then during my time at MST, I really wanted to get all the suppliers, you know, the smaller suppliers involved. Um, so we started the, the speed networking portion of our annual con- right. convention, which really has really helped us out. I think that's really, you know, been engaging with everybody and, you know, to the point that the technology just keeps ramping up to the point where, um, we may have to break, I think maybe even break down the MST into two sections or, you know, just deal with many, you know, the, the OEMs in one level and smaller suppliers at a different level or, or even go into different subjects, you know, the bus itself or, um, the technology around the bus or, you know, things like that. But it is really changing. It's, oh my gosh, the, the whole technology world is changing so much, but MST is keeping it up. And I think that's a big part of uh, my presidency, I think is going to be, you know, the, the us being an expert in the electrification of school buses is really going to be an asset for an SDA moving forward. 
Yeah, and I just you know recall when we were first um, kind of diving into the whole area of um, EVs, and we put together a subcommittee from MST to put together that discussion paper that uh, then GR utilized um, in their discussions with various um, entities, whether it's EPA or we even had meetings with the White House um, on the deployment of electric buses. So it was a good example of how, you know, one committee can support the the work of, you know, another committee. And, you know, I definitely agree with your point about, um, you know, this committee evolving. I think one of the things, um, and Alec and I had a um, meeting with Sam Hayes, who's now the new chair of MST, uh, about trying to grab the more um, contractor engagement on MST. So that's something that, uh, so if you're a contractor and you're looking to dive into electric buses or technology in general, you know, just contact us at the office and we'll be happy to place you on the, the MST committee. You know, moving down the line, Dan, and, and on the theme of, of um, MST and us providing platforms for vendor partners and OEMs, um, are there other areas that uh, you think maybe the association can support our um, our vendor partners and OEMs, you know, outside of the speed networking? I know that you do a lot of work with, uh, you know, webinars and, and some of the live meeting um, programming. And, and I guess that stuff is kind of vetted at the MST level. Um, but we probably can do more. Are there anything that come to your mind? Nothing, nothing um, specific, but I do think we need, really need to get, you know, more and more and not necessarily specific to the electrification, but we need to get, you know, what electrification, because it is a shift in the business. It's, the business model is definitely shifting. Um, a good example would be financing. Um, these new buses are substantially more expensive uh, than the, the, the diesel buses. Um, however, supposedly, you're supposed to save that money in the long run in 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 this case, cost of fuel. Um, so we need to to engage with the finance companies and find out what we can do and how this is going to work going forward. So it has nothing to do with EVs except for the fact that we're financing the EVs. But so we need to, uh-huh. to specifically work on those types of things and have those discussions with those folks and bring that to the the industry. And you know, what what kind of solutions can we come up with and and how we do how we look at financing is do we finance the bus over longer periods of time, which I'm not sure everybody's excited about, you know, from their perspective, but I don't know how else we're gonna get around this because these vehicles are substantially more expensive. There's lots of things out there like that. And even the the, the technology around the bus, you know, the the anti collision, the uh, lane departure, that kind of stuff is all out there. Um, that may not be electrification either, but we do need to engage with that kind of tech, with those kinds of technologies to continue um, to be that support system for NSDA. Yeah, great point, great point. Now, once your term as president uh, begins, and it began when we were in Pittsburgh, so the clock starts ticking, so to speak, and, you know, hopefully, um, knock wood, you know, they're not any areas we have to cover like the the pandemic so i looked at what you know what happened there and whatever planning we had kind of went by the wayside as we dealt with the effects of the covid-19 pandemic so putting that aside if we don't have any kind of similar event um go on during your presidency what are some of the priorities that you're going to look at as you accept the reins of NSTA 
Well, I, I think, you know, it's just specifically talking about EVs and stuff, I think we need to concentrate on that. We need to educate folks on that. But besides that, um, we still have um, the distracted driving or the uh, illegal passing of school buses. I think that that is the biggest thing. And, and it's interesting from my perspective here in Wisconsin, I go back 10 years, and I don't think that was an issue at all. And now it's it's almost epidemic. Uh, you know, drivers are coming in saying they're, you know, the illegal passing is happening on a daily basis. So we really need to figure out a way to educate the general public on how, how unsafe passing a school bus is. So that's one big place I want to work on. Um, same thing, uh, you know, been back a little bit to the EVs and, and, and the technology that's changing out there. We need to work with the government, you know, and the government relations committee and, and all their friends in DC as much as possible in order to uh, work our way through this process because Everything that keeps coming down the pipe is expensive. So, and we cannot pass that on to the school districts. And the more we pass that on to the school districts, we're just squeezing them and they're looking for other options for, you know, then we have less people, less students on the buses, which we all know is not as safe. So we need to work, all work together in the same direction and, you know, keep, try and keep the, the cost at bay. Um, if, if, you know, if we all made all, all sorts of money and we could stick, you know, all this technology on these vehicles, that'd be one thing, but we just do not. The, the, the margins uh, in this business are, do not uh, prepare us for that type of um, technology and expense going forward. And through all that, we need to grow the membership. Um, we need to, you know, and um, to make sure the NFTA financially can go forward and, and, and just continue to um, uh, foster all of the members and make sure everybody, and it includes not, not just the contractor members, but that includes the um, vendors. We need to engage them and make sure uh, everybody is um, feeling part of the, part of the team and move forward that way. And, and we only, we only succeed if we work together and not, not separately. So um, it's going to take all of us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Dan, a lot of great information on the podcast. I'm sure we'll we'll have a few more of these um, during your term as president. You know, as some of these issues continue to you know evolve and, and make their way to the forefront. Um, but as we close, if folks want to get in touch with you, you know, how can they do that? Well, they can uh, they can email me at dan at cobison dot com or um, I have a email address for you. Do I not? What is it? What is that? President at nfda.com. Is that what it is? So it is. Yes. No, uh, actually, yes. You can contact Dan at president at yellowbuses.org. So if you want to reach Dan, uh, do him at president at yellowbuses.org and uh, we'll be responsive to, um, you know, whatever um, question or concerns that you have. So, with that, Dan, uh, any final thoughts as you uh, head into your second month as NSTA president? Um, well, good luck to me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I again, I'm I'm honored to be here. I, I'm, I'll do my best to keep things moving forward. And uh, thank you for what you've done. Uh, this whole podcast and stuff has, has been a success. Uh, four years and and. And lots of podcasts. When when are we going to start doing the video version so we can see your shining face every every day every week here? Yeah, I have a I have face for radio, Dan. So we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. 
Well, once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, Dan Kobison. Kobison buses out of Wisconsin, and he is the new NSTA president. Dan, thanks for taking a couple minutes and stopping by. Thank you.